4: Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal in today. Good to spend some time with him. Good to spend some time with you. So everyone's hustling to get things figured out and finished up for the uh, the Christmas weekend, holiday weekend, and some last minute shoppers. Always remember, there's HailVarsity.com and magazine. Uh, real easy to get both at a wonderful. Gift that keeps on giving price. com backslash subscribe. Do so. You'll love it uh, for that Husker fan in your life. Well, all I, sports. I, I think the best part of the, the Varsity subscription is it's not a one-time
0: gift. It's a gift that you get every single month for the full year.
4: That's the best part. It of the is. Gift. And think about the, uh, the the bundle that gets you all the digital content. That too. It's incredible. Podcast is free for you uh spotify itunes google play we have a program for you today that you'll uh, want to catch live and uh, again on your time steve Marick with hail varsity.com we'll uh, run down some thoughts with him husker women's basketball trying to finish it out the right way before big 10 play in full starts also some husker football thoughts with steve mitch sherman in one hour with the Athletic. Mitch has got the old truckster loaded up. They're going on a family vacation. Good for them, but we'll talk some uh, some portal quarterback thoughts with him. And then it's a Tuesday. He's wearing his Santa hat. Rick Kaczynski. Tuesdays with Kaz. Numbers for you to get in. Can do so at 466 3776 46 37 825 5865 Can email. Chris at hailvarsity.com. And then always give us a follow on Twitter at uh, Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And always follow uh, Hail Varsity at Hail Varsity at ESPN Lincoln. It's where you can get some great uh, content from the show. Also, ESPN Lincoln, uh, dot com on demand is where you find that. So, a lot to get to here. Trev Alberts uh, had his sit down with the network. And uh, some good insight. Spring game going to be quite a bit earlier. It was it was warm and sunny and wonderful to have it May 1st last year. But uh, we'll move it up almost a full month. April 9th is the date. Main reasoning for that. Well, you've got field turf repair. Nebraska going to be replacing their surface at Memorial Stadium. That turf has been in place since 2013. And I remember... When the Astroturf got replaced for the the first round of field turf and I could go to any Husker shop and I could buy a snippet of the winningest Astroturf in college football history. I don't know how I don't want to know the record for this field turf from 2013 to now. Well that was Mike Riley's first year, was it not? 2013? I believe that was... Wasn't that the no, inaugural... Bo, Bo, 2014
0: Bo. was Mike Riley's inaugural year.
4: 15. 15 you know. had 13 and 15, 13 and 14 with Bo. And then you had 15 through 17 with Riles. Then 18 through now with Frosty. Yeah, the, yeah. Math, the math checks out. The math yeah. checks out. So, I don't know if they'll be selling this field turf for sale. Maybe so. I don't know. But... You have that, and it's going to be a, a pretty big weekend here because you have Nebraska baseball that weekend. You're going to do a double dip there. You'll have Husker baseball and spring game football to to go check out. Also, going to have the the third and fourth round of the Masters. So, wow. I mean, it's it's a it's a loaded weekend. Uh, that said, you've got surveys being sent out to uh, a lot of Nebraska fans as early as mid January to get some feedback on renovations. And Trev said it best, and Trev is a listener. The best and most important thing we can do is listen to our our fans. We've gotten fairly consistent feedback on South Stadium. Frankly, we have a lot of work to do, to be honest. We're behind a lot of our peers when it comes to stadium reservation, stadium reservation, renovations. And the thing that I think about with Memorial Stadium and I think the last game I was in the stands for, I took junior, maybe it was Idaho State. That might have been during the Bo era, and I know I went with my dad and Dino to Virginia Tech. I think that was maybe Bo's first or second game when they it was, you had Missouri and then Virginia Tech back to back. I think it was Virginia Tech first, but that was a, a tight ball game that Nebraska lost. And it was a night game uh, with Tyrod Taylor playing quarterback. But as far as in the stands, usually I I'm, I'm thankful. I get to go watch in the box, which is great. But I know junior tried to hit four or five games last year. My mom took him or he went with some buddies. So he has dirtied his way into reserved seating, club seating, or a suite. All right. So, He's going big, or or, or he's just tailgating.
0: No, no. I was at you, every single home game in the stands this year. Student so I, Section. I was both student section and the normal just bench seating throughout the, the stadium. So I think I have the expert opinion here. No,
4: I think you do. And and what say you? Do you, let's let's take the let's take the product on the field out of the conversation because it, once that improves, you're going to put up with whatever you have. Clearly the product's not been what it needs to be. People have endured bench seating and in certain areas not great access to restrooms. It's better. It's way better on the east side, especially with that renovation that they went through. I think the the last Big Ten game I went to, I went with Cranack, Tommy Armstrong's first start. Cranack's got seats, you know, near the sun, bless his heart, on that east side. Uh, pretty high, yeah. But it, it's great view. But listen it's 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 a new era of catering to the fans and elijah folks your age are the next generation junior is the next all right do i want to make it a priority to go to ball games when i get to college and get out of college because i mean that's that's it you had a new wave you're gonna have a new wave that need to keep going to the stadium and the the sellout streak is continued but there's been some work to continue it. So what what needs to be fixed? What do you want to see?
0: There, the top of my list, first and foremost, Beer? is... It's number two. Beers okay. number two. Number one, though, is just widening the seats. Widening the little, the little individual areas
4: they have for seats. You're things. a skinny guy, but you're super tall.
0: I'm tall, I have broad shoulders, and just naturally... I'm a lineman. Just naturally, I am wider than the allocated space for me. And what I've started doing is especially if there's other wide people in the row with you is i don't i don't buy the seat back for comfort anymore i buy the seat back to be able to reserve this is the width this is my width you can't encroach upon my space because uh, eventually like you get three wide people next to each
4: other you have a large family There's some encroachment there's a ton of encroachment and
0: you're sitting there like with your
4: arms like all crushed in trying to just fit in so just widen that just a little bit you're by the chair back this is my this is my line on each side do not cross
0: yes that that's the only reason. But I don't even think the seatbacks are all that comfortable to sit in. I, I just buy it so I know it, this is this is the width we need. Number two is beer sales. That feels like a pipe dream still at this point, though. We'll see. Maybe Trev Alberts is al- along with the new generation of. I think you on need beer story. and
4: whiskey, <laughs> at least wine. <laughs> you want beer and
0: wine? Uh, yeah. a, a, a little something stronger than beer for those uh, for those cold November days whenever you're down by forty. You need a Bloody Mary bar. Mm. Well, see, the, the, another problem is sometimes concession lines can get really long, and I think they could fix that by just having some stands or some individual areas or more of them throughout the stadium where they sell individual products. So, like, just little mm-hmm. – here, here's just a little stand where you can just buy Valentino's pizza or just buy Runzo's or whatnot. Have a designated region. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, one last thing I'll suggest, cup holders for every seats. Okay. Yeah, they had that at, at Arrowhead. My Because pr- you always have to set it. Like on the ground underneath your seat or whatnot, and then you, as someone tries to scoop past to get to their seat, it gets knocked over, and now you got sticky Pepsi all over your shoes and it's the worst.
4: Can I can I see your your cup holder comment and give me I want and this is nothing against Pepsi. My my wife's a diehard diet Pepsi fan. Give me give me the old Fountain Coke in the plastic cups that I got in the 1990s and 1980s. Nothing tasted better than the Fountain Coke in the plastic Go-Big Red glass. It was awesome. I like Mountain Dew though.
0: See, mm-hmm. I, I mean I, I I'm I'm you. I'm fine with Pepsi, Pepsi and Coke like they can be interchangeable to me. It, it depends on what kind of mood I'm in, but Mountain Dew is Pepsi's best product, and I love
4: having Mountain Dew. So you need your caffeine hit. I get you. So the one thing that was interesting, just kind of looking at some other stadiums we've been to, the you you walk into Illinois and immediately there's seven Dos Equis taps staring at you, or even as far back as Boulder when we were on the road in 2019 for a road show. You walk into Boulder, and yeah, it's it's the the Coors capital of Division one, I get it. That said, you had a bunch of little, they weren't food trucks, but they were they were stands. They were outdoor stands set up with local eateries. And that meant you could buy in and have several tables set up and sling pizza if you were old Chicago, which they did in Boulder. I'd be smiling if there's a Lazari stand. Right, I mean, just I'm just, and I, I mean, and listen, I know that there's big money paid by Vals and, and the great folks that runs to to be in there specifically, but if you have it outside the stadium, maybe you have a, a hell have a have a food truck convoy set up oh. around the horse. I know there's there's also tailgating, but have it have it have a food truck set up. And this is what
0: I was saying about the even the individual little stands that aren't like actual concession stands, just a little cart in the stadium. Have yeah. it be open to local businesses. Let, let muchachos let, get in there. Let, let, yeah, let, let, let them buy in. Let them buy in, and, and they can get their own spot, and they have the one specialty cart in the stadium. If you really are, are have a hankering for that that day, you got to walk all the way around the stadium to get to their cart, but it's going to be in the same place every single day. It gives you some more options, and it'll shrink the the concession stand lines. And, However, I just want to piggyback on, on your beer thought. I know you talked about the Dos Equis mm-hmm. on tap. If you go beer in the stadium, that means you have to keep the the troughs in the men's bathrooms as opposed to actual individual urinals because I don't want to wait for a urinal to open up. I, no, I'm, I'm fine with the troughs. The,
4: the, the trough is, is a staple. It is legendary. <laughs> and, and who hasn't had to lift their kid up to go at some point? Well, the, It's just so efficient, too.
0: It's so efficient. I've, there's
4: never a line in the men's bathrooms. Depending on how long he has to go, that's a workout for your arms. <laughs> you got to kind of prop him up on your knee. All right, aim straight, eyes forward, Junior. Don't don't be doing a drive-by on anybody. Um, so yeah, we'll see what what changes and suggestions are made.
0: If you have any we didn't hit on today feel
4: free to give us Can a email, call. Email for sure. Email
0: give us a call 402-466-3776. We'd love to hear from you.
4: But you nailed it with the uh the encroachment conversation. That, that it, that's it's the real. biggest
0: thing. It's the biggest thing. That that's that's my my biggest thing that I dislike about Husker football games is I just feel like I'm packed in there like a sardine all game.
4: You are. And it's and it's always been that way. The difference is you tolerated it for years cuz they were winning. Mm. It's what it was. Baseball facility. Also, you've got uh, some discussions going on here with Will Bolt, potential upgrades to Haymarket. It's hard to believe, but but Haymarket's 20 years old, which is nuts. But um,
0: what's, what's also hard to believe is that that Alex Gordon training complex they have is now like the indoor one. It's like <laughs> eight or nine years old now.
4: Yeah. Well, think about Hawks. I mean, Hawks is, what was that, 04, 05, the indoor football facility?
0: what a been and that was the same uh, the same time they got the big screen so
4: yeah yes, Callahan. so this new facility project they're doing for for training table and outdoor practice facilities and all athletes it'll be great but when it comes to to indoor work that can be done uh, nebraska fans will no doubt sound off and kind of tailor it i do like the ability like the champions club's really nice across the street to go get fed and watered i mean that works. And I, I do like the tailgate setup around the stadium, be it the shoe on the east side where uh, Navant had us out for the Michigan game with Gary Michaels, how we were set up in that kind of mini horseshoe. That was a good setup. And then, of course, underneath the um, the overpass with our friends from Blur, I mean, they've got a good setup there. So uh, the tailgating's incredible. incredible. Uh, what can be better for you? inside the stadium, and I'm sure you'll you'll get that survey and sound back off. Pete's going to join in, give us his thoughts here. Pete, thanks for calling. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. How you doing? Good, Pete. What do you know?
5: Oh, well, not too much. I guess for me, to be honest, uh, the seating is pretty tight. Mm-hmm. But what really makes it miserable going to a game is the same script game after game. Close game, we give it away in the fourth quarter or we find a way to lose. And for me, I have to drive 140, 150 miles on the way back, so it makes a pretty miserable drive from the stadium all the way back home. So if they could change the script on the field, I think that would make it more pleasurable and, uh, entertainment.
4: You'll, you'll put up with the, the the crunching in for not anger and, and frustration for the 150-mile trip back.
5: Absolutely.
4: Or at least,
0: at least, if the product on the field isn't getting better, at least better parking and better traffic management on the way out of Memorial Stadium. I mean, there's been cars back There's nothing
4: for, you can do, man. There's absolutely why, nothing you can why do. Why is there always a... Go get a, a beer. There's go always, get a beer and hang out. There is
0: always a major road construction project going on around wow. the stadium during football season. Why? There's always what? one, like, major road that's closed down to one lane for no reason on a game day. And you go, why, why couldn't you have done this in the spring?
5: It's terrible. What, what about... What about some transportation from the parking areas to the stadium? That's a pretty long walk last time I went. Mm-hmm. And for people who are tailgating or up in age, mm-hmm. uh, that could be a pretty long walk. I, I look every time I go for for some type of uh, transportation that we could get on and get a ride up to the stadium, but I don't ever find any. That would make it a little hey, more enjoyable. that's a good
4: idea, bud. Thanks for the phone call. Merry Christmas to you. You too. Yep. Shuttle service would be all right. of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR
3: He's in his 30s but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio I got the body of a pre preteen Swedish boy
4: Back into it it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's talk some all things Nebraska with HaleVarsity dot com and magazine Steve Marrick at Steve underscore Marek on Twitter does a great job covering Husker football, Nebraska women's basketball, and Bolt Ball. Steve, you got your shopping done? That's the question of the day. <laughs> yes.
2: Well, yeah. I, I, you know, it's it's been a process, but you know, I've I'm a I'm a last minute type of guy with this sort of stuff. So yeah, I I uh, am working on it. Let's just
4: say that. So there's a lot of Hail Varsity subscriptions, right?
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'd be a great, great gift for a loved one who wants to keep up on all all things Huskers, right? See,
4: right it just keeps on giving, right? I mean, absolutely. That's, hey, love your father-in-law. Here's a subscription to HailVarsity.com and magazine. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Boom. Uh, so we will dive into to Husker basketball here. Nebraska able to to pound Drake. And they did it with jazz, kind of having a, a bit of an off night, but everyone else seemed to, to pitch in, and that—that that was what Coach Williams pretty much highlighted. Uh, just you know, you're not a finished product in December, and there's a lot of hands uh, to help kind of lift up, and and this team finds different ways to win. Are you uh, are you feeling good? Once they. Once they potentially get by Wyoming and get into conference play, how do you see things shaping up here in a rugged big ten man,
2: yeah, it is a rugged big ten, but you know i think I think one thing that um this non conference um schedule these these twelve games that they're going to be um well I guess eleven non conference games that they're going to be playing it's it's showing them that they can um, that they don't have to rely on Sam Heidi so much um there's There's just a lot more. To this team than one player, and that's basically um, what I kind of gathered um, after the game as Amy Williams talked um, after that win was they can win these games by so so many different ways, um, whether that's you know down low in the post with Bella Cravens doing work and, and Izzy Bourne doing work, or out in the perimeter with Jazz Shelley doing her thing. I know I know she had kind of an off night um, shooting the basketball. Um, but she contributes to, um, in other other areas. She's leading the team in assists and steals and blocks for a five foot nine guard. So, um, she's just doing everything. Um, and and when the shots not falling, she's still able to to help the team. But but yeah, I'm really I'm really um, excited for for Big Ten play. I think this team is tough. It's gritty. It can win mo- <laughs> um, multiple different ways. Um, so yeah, I'm, I just can't wait for it. I think they're really going to impress some people.
0: Steve, can you touch on a little bit the emergence of Alexis Markowski? I know back-to-back double-doubles for her, and we've talked to, to her dad Andy a couple times on the show, but I need to get an unbiased take on just what her emergence as a freshman has meant for this Husker basketball team.
2: Yeah, Alexis is an interesting story because I don't know how many people thought she was going to have the impact that she's having right now. Now it remains to be seen if she's going to like still have this success that she's having right now um, once the once – the, schedule gets tougher and and the bigger girls start guarding her and and things like that. But um, right now I, I, I have to like where she's trending for sure. And I know the team does Amy Williams sure does. Um, But yeah, she is, what she's giving, she's really providing some energy, some pop, some, some, some grit off the bench. And that's great for this team, especially, you know, when, when they're trying to get her, the ball down low. I mean, (laughs) so far, not a lot of people have been able to guard her. Um, so, So, you know, just to be able to have that size down low on the offensive end and defensive end at six foot two, six foot three. Um, she's a load to handle down there, and so far, not a lot of girls have been up up for the challenge. Um, so it's really going to be interesting to see um, what the, what the Big Ten, I guess, p- opponents kind of like um, scout her and 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 how they how they try to defend her because she's really doing it all both on the offensive um, court and. and Offensive end and the defensive end, and just putting in work, like you said, with the um, back-to-back um, double doubles. That's just great for a true freshman.
4: Steve Marrick with us here on Hale Varsity uh, covers Nebraska women with uh, HailVarsity dot and magazine. Follow him on Twitter at Steve underscore Marrick. So we talked to Andy, and he's kind of our our regular, and and yeah, he's he's got a uh, he's really proud of, of Alexis. And uh, the thing that he touched on, though, because we were asking him about, you know, the the, the Markowski three-point shooting between Alexis and him, (laughs) and and he's like, look, man, I I was just going to set screens and and follow the ball and rebound. But her range, I know she, in in high school, it was, you know, get it down to her and, and get a closer shot, but, you know, she has ability and she's always working on her game to, to stretch out a little bit. I mean, I think that now that you want to live outside the paint, but if you're forced to against bigger people down low, that that's, that's a weapon that I'm sure she's working on, her range.
2: Yeah, absolutely. She's two for three from out there this year. Uh, she doesn't take a lot of them, but she also doesn't need to. But that's, like you said, that's a part of her game that is growing and it's going to be utilized when she gets more comfortable doing it because – you know, I don't know how many teams are gonna expect her to shoot it up there, but um yeah, those um dead on straight um threes at the top of the key, that that's something that she can hit, she has hit, and um it's something that I don't think the team is expecting her to get like two or three a night, but you know, if it's open, why not take a few why not take a couple or a few a game? That's there's nothing wrong with that. And and yeah, that's it was a fun fun kinda of aspect with her and her dad. Um, I think it was the Minnesota game where they kept showing him, uh, and maybe just some social media fun after the game when she hit when she hit a three um, at Minnesota. But yeah, there was, it was it's it's a it's a part of her game that is there. It's growing, um, but so is she in her basketball career. I mean, she's just a true freshman, and like I said, what she's able to do um, right now in her first uh, collegiate year is really impressive. I know that she wants she'll be the first to say that the free throws need to be better, and she needs to have a better um, free throw percent, but that she's working on that also. I remember um, at one after one of the games um, earlier, earlier this season, she said she's, she was up at the podium in the post-game press conference, and she said, yeah, those free throws are, are going to be a big part of her game just from, just from how many offensive rebounds she gets under the hoop every game. She's going to get hacked. So, um, yeah, just being able to get up to the free throw line, um, control her breathing, I remember her saying, and then just, you know, shoot the free throws, and, and they're going to go in right now. I think she's kind of hovering around 60% at the free throw line, but um, you know, that's going to go up as she gets more confident, and she is getting more confident.
4: Steve, so you're going to switch to football here and uh, get your take. A story you did, uh, signing day's come and gone. I know we have the second signing period looming. There's portal activity potentially with Nebraska, but of the uh, 22 recruits, who are some guys that are on your radar that could contribute Pretty immediately.
2: Yeah. Um, so when I was thinking about um, doing a story on that, I, I, it was mainly because of two guys, Deshaun Singleton and Kevin Williams, Jr. Now it, it's no surprise that those guys, those, uh, guys have, have experience under their belt. They have uh, reps playing a lot of games under their belts already. Um, let's just stick with uh, Deshaun um, at, at safety. Look, I mean, Nebraska is going to be re- needing to replace three of the four starters um, back there in the defensive backfield. I know uh, Miles Farmer had some really good experience after uh, Deontay Williams, unfortunately, had a season end um, after picking off an interception at Minnesota. But you know they're going to need. I'm, I'm thinking he's. I really like what Miles Farmer showed last year, and I think he's put himself in the driver's seat to start um, at one of those safety positions. And. The other one um, is going to be a new guy, and who's that going to be? It's going to be really interesting to see play out. But you have to like what Deshaun Singleton, the junior college transfer, um, um, brings brings to the backfield because you know he he played he played um, junior college junior college ball at Hutchinson, and you know he's a big guy, six foot three, over two hundred pounds. It just he just looks like a Big Ten safety. You know what I mean? I. You know, I watch I watch a lot of college football, and those big guys. You know, sometimes they don't always talk tackle well, but um, I, I put on Deshaun Singleton's um, huddle highlights, and he tackles well. He brings his feet, he brings his shoulders. He he plays like he's six foot three and a two hundred five pound safety. Um, so I really like that aspect of it. Now, of course, you don't want to just count out all the other guys um, that have been you know working their butts off here in Lincoln, like Noah Polo Gates. He's been here for a while now, um, so you can't just throw throw him out. So it's going to be really interesting um, just to see how that other safety um, and corner position play out. But Deshaun, Deshaun Singleton, I really like what he brings. I think that was a great addition to the defensive backfield. And then with uh, Kevin Williams, Jr., just a large, massive human you know, being six foot 6'6", six foot six six, over 300 pounds, I could see him stepping into that Nebraska offensive line room and just like Adding experience and a little bit of mean and grit and, and something that you know that seems to be lacking uh, with with that Nebraska offensive line um, recently, just get somebody in there who is like mean and, and Maul and, and can and is big and can just enforce his enforce his will. I, I think it's going to be a great um, kind of molding molding block for a new a line coach Donovan Rail to really work with with uh, Kevin James who you know um comes over from northern colorado started started two seasons over over there so you know it, those are really two guys that i'm really excited to see
0: steve quickly i w- want to get your take on a transfer wide receiver that's flown under the radar just a little bit it's uh, isaiah garcia castaneda from new mexico yeah. state I-, I saw you did a little bit of a film breakdown of him on twitter what, what do you think of the kid and uh, do you think he could be a guy who could be seeing the field in 2022
2: Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't want to um, forget about Isaiah. He, he, is a, he is a really talented, I think, full of potential wide receiver that, you know, before before he even announced that he was coming to Nebraska, we all had to like what the Huskers have at that position, right? I mean, you have Xavier Betts, you have Omar Manning, you have a lot of young, young guys that maybe Mickey Joseph can get something out of. And just to add a guy like Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, um, to, to Lincoln, that just, like, improves that <laughs> wide receiver room even more. Now, on a side note, it makes you wonder, like, okay, who's going to be throwing the ball to these guys? But that's another discussion. So Isaiah Garcia-Casameda, yeah, the, the thing that I see with him is just straight speed, man. I mean, put him in the slot, he's about six foot, um 185, 190 pounds. Just from what I saw from him, I didn't get to see anything at, at his first stop at uh, Saddleback College. Um, but from what I saw at New Mexico State with the Aggies, you know they had him playing on the outside, but a lot of his catches were over the middle of the field and just letting him get in space and and just outrun people. And and you know at least at that level he could do that. And it makes you wonder what he can really bring onto um, the Power Five level. You know, pair him, you know, stick him in the slot with guys like Omar Manning and Xavier Betts on the outside and. And, you know, whichever tight end, Travis Vokalek, Thomas Filoni, whoever, um, just there's a lot of weapons in that Nebraska um, wideout room and pass catcher pass catcher room that I think a guy like Isaiah um, Garcia Castaneda, you stick him in the slot and, you know, he can run past people. So I'm really excited for this room and for Mickey Joseph. It's going to be really super interesting.
6: Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show Podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR.
3: And we're back. Fellas, so, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome!
4: Steve Mollick with his Hail Varsity Radio. Uh, some Big Red Football thoughts. Uh, Steve, we'll get you out of here real quick, though. I wanted to get your thoughts here. Trev Alberts uh, had his monthly call in and touched on uh, a survey that is going out, uh, Memorial Stadium renovations. Yep, they're getting new field turf, but what else do fans want with uh, Memorial Stadium? Uh, Start there. And then also, are you concerned about all the quarterback transfers the portal quarterbacks that are going elsewhere are you concerned second part that nebraska hasn't landed one yet or are you a patient guy
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah so let's start with the memorial stadium upgrades I, like look I, i've been in the media for for a long time here so i haven't really like been to been to husker games like where i've actually had to like sit out there or i wasn't in the press box but the one thing that i that i personally would like if there was some seats in there you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like just you know make make it a a little bit more enjoyable experience to not be able to sit on benches basically but uh uh, just a little padded seat action would go a long way for me um i don't know about you guys but uh i want
4: i want beer taps i want a party deck give me a hot (laughs) tub I mean, I mean seriously. Like you look at some of the, yeah. I, I look at SEC ball games, and you see some party deck type setups, don't you? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, give, give me a give I mean, me a just... fan zone type deal where there's uh, there's a, a a bargain food and beverage option, and maybe it's maybe instead of benches, it's like a standing room only type setup. Obviously, you got to worry about pandemic stuff, but eventually, hopefully, all that crap goes away or is more manageable. So the, the students, think about it, the student section mid-tier, like, south end zone where it's a marsh yeah. pit. Well, I think you do it like you do it at Pinnacle Bank Arena with the student section where you put them in the –
0: I mean, you don't want to take away the, the big money seats, which is the problem, but you put them in, in the spot where they're, like, uh, obstructed by the opponent bench right behind the opponent benching and put a part of the student section right behind uh, with that, the west side of the stadium mm-hmm. behind where the opponent bench is uh, and keep them down lower. people don't really like those low seats anyway because your view of the field can be blocked by the bench. I I think you need to move the student section out of a place where they're an afterthought in the corner of the stadium whenever whenever they're probably providing some of the best atmosphere uh, to that stadium as a whole.
4: Be a true 12th, man. Mm -hmm. But I like the party deck. Give me a hot tub. I mean, it'd be kind of fun.
0: And and widen the seats on the benches by like two inches a seat. You can pull some seats Amen. out, but but it's okay. You're struggling to sell the seats anyway. Widen them by like two <laughs> inches. Well, I'm not sure how wide those seats are, but people are wider nowadays than they were back in the 19.
4: Here's the deal, and Steve, you, you can touch on this. Like, listen, I know the thing pumped up to 90,000 not long ago, and the east side renovation and suites and, and that that upper tier. I mean, it's really. I've sat up there. It's all good. But you can you can shrink capacity a little bit and make it more comfortable. I mean, and, the, and I think Trev gets that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Just to make it a more enjoyable experience, so you're not just sitting on a metal bench, you know, for three and a half hours. Get some padded seats in there. It's going to decrease the decrease the size, but you know. You know, whatever people are watching the games, more more and more people are watching games at home anyway. Um, find a, so find just, special
4: yeah. teams. Find a special teams savior yeah. <laughs> when it comes to kicking and returning and blocking as well. Elijah, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Well, I was just gonna say, aesthetically, I've always been a fan of the natural grass field. I'm not sure if that that's something they'd be looking at, but go natural grass field, and then guess what? You could host some World Cup games there down the down the line too. Sure.
2: Okay, oh, <laughs> World Cup. We're going World Cup here. I love it.
4: Yeah, Elijah's dreaming big, baby. I like it.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, but getting back to that, getting back to that quarterback question, it's an interesting one. Of course, I want. I, of course, if I was a fan of of the Huskers, I would want a quarter, of uh, want a quarterback in the transfer portal ready to go. But man, these guys are flying off the shelf quick. Um, you know, like. Keaton Slovis, I, I've heard those. I've heard those rumors that you know he was kind of potentially looking at Nebraska. I don't know how serious Pittsburgh is um, with Keaton. I know he was kind of rumored rumored to go there, um, but but yeah, we are seeing a lot of these cor- uh, quarterbacks hit the portal and come out quick, like Bo Nix going to going to Oregon, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And, and a, a personal favorite of mine that I thought Nebraska should have took a big swing at Tommy DeVito. Um, from Syracuse. Um, Bert over at Illinois um, grabbed him, so that's a good pickup for the Illini. And then another guy that I thought Nebraska could take a take a good hard look at, Jack Miller from Ohio State. He just got picked up by Florida today. Um, so yeah, these guys are going quick. I know Casey Thompson from Texas, and maybe Braxton Burmeister um, from Virginia Tech. Um, those are two that I like that you know have experience, and that's the one thing that I think Scott Frost and Mark Wibbles really wanting their next quarterback here that they're looking for is experience just a guy that has done it before he's played a lot of reps under his belt and he's been there and done that basically and I think Burmeister and and uh, Casey Thompson are really are really two guys that they Maybe they need to really get a win on here or else it's going to be really slim pickings going forward.
0: Well, I'm starting to think that Nebraska might wait until they get through spring practice and see if anyone enters the portal after spring practice and see what they have right now before they go make a splash in the transfer portal. Are you starting to get that feel?
2: Yeah, that's a good point, too. I mean, I mean, really, is, is it that bad to be waiting and just wait and see it with this whole thing, just, just considering how crazy and how fluid everything is? I mean, no, that's that's completely... It, it, that's a good idea if you're if you're asking me to um, they can go a lot of different ways here, but you know the, the wait and see approach i don't I don't think that, that that's a problem either that's you know just the way things are going right now it's crazy who knows
4: well you have a you have options uh, with Harburg and I yeah. know the experience part isn't isn't vast, but you like the talent. I'm sure Whipple does, and, and of course, Smothers feels like a gamer to me. Let's see what you can coach him up to being in the passing game. And and Whipple's, uh, I'm sure, excited to work with that room. Before you go shopping, let's see what can happen with with what you already have here. Steve Marek is with us from Hale Varsity. Steve, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you. Thanks for jumping on with us.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me on, Chris.
4: Good to get caught up with him. He'll have some stuff here for your reading pleasure here coming up on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with Hailvarsity.com. So while we were talking with Steve, you've got some, some breaking news. Well, not necessarily breaking, but it's a little bit old now, but uh, it was breaking about 30 minutes ago. Uh, you have the the contract numbers finally announced, and Mickey Joseph going to make $600,000 per year. Over the next two seasons for Nebraska, Donovan Raiola, three twenty-five per year over the next two years. So you're saving a month, you know just shy of two hundred grand on the O-line. You're upping uh, what uh, Lubick was making by a hundred grand, and we don't have numbers yet here on Mark Whipple, though he's probably going to make the most. You've got Coach Chenander's making eight hundred thousand dollars. I would like to see Coach Chenander get bumped. And I know that historically speaking, defensively, some of the numbers weren't all-time great. But let's put it into context for what Nebraska's been going through defensively the last few years. This was a really, really awesome effort and collective. It was a good group defensively. And listen, man, they... they They kept Nebraska in every football game there was this year. And let's also
0: put into perspective what Chenaner's job was expected to be whenever he came here. His job was never to have a a top-five scoring defense. It was to give the offense a chance to win you games, keep the other team below 25 points a game, and he did that for the most part Based on
4: turnover generation, which you, you didn't have a lot of that, but all right, so you didn't get the turnovers. You at least got some stops. We'll wind down hour one. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hour two on the way, ten minutes away, Mitch Sherman from the Athletic. A Tuesday with Kaz, Rick Kaczynski will dive in to some of his takes here on uh, the assistant spot that's still open. Is that reason for panic? Elijah, remember watching him play ball? And uh, what a year he had at Northern Illinois. Jay Ducker is in the portal, 1,200 yards. Uh, and uh, he's another Nebraskan that that got away. And you had Coach McBride spend some time on, on Noah Walters yesterday. <laughs> and you just want to keep in-state guys here in Nebraska's the state is growing in a sense where you have more and more, more and more prospects are being found out about because of the magic of Huddle, and there's no, there's no state secrets anymore. I mean, guys are gonna be seen and heard, and Nebraska's been infiltrated by Iowa. It's been infiltrated by Oregon, and uh, you're just gonna lose guys, but you can't take everybody. Well, Ducker, whenever you get back to him, he just feels like. a a big miss
0: whenever I mean I remember his career at Bellevue West where he scored what three or four touchdowns in the state championship Mm -hmm. game a couple years ago he always just looked like a a great running back and I mean I guess the the recruiting services weren't all that high on him because he didn't have the size didn't have the measurables Uh, but he just had that the vision and the nose for being able to get in the
4: end zone and get the tough yards and and Mac football while not the Big Ten is kind of You know, uh, a a, a, a related family member to Big Ten football, you can play in the MAC. You could probably do some good things. There's good football players in the MAC. It's probably your best group of five league. AAC. AAC is really good too. Yeah, I mean, Uh, the the MAC uh, is
0: definitely the most exciting group of five conference when you have all that action on on weeknights. Sure, beautiful football.
4: No, they and it's and it's in rugged weather. It's. And you've seen coaches jump, and you know you look at Iowa State; their 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 stud back was just up the road at Iowa Western, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you didn't get him. So we'll see if Nebraska can figure that out. If there's if there's room for him here, if you go back and and take another crack at it. Reminder about buckling up. One out of every three crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol impaired driver. Why take chances if you drink, don't drive, get a ride share, or get that designated driver? This message, this reminder, this holiday season from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. can get your emails in, chris at halevarsity.com. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. We spent plenty of time touching on some of Trev's comments last night about the survey that's going to go out in January to Nebraska fans. You know, what do you want uh, to see improved at Memorial Stadium? There's going to be a loud chant in response, almost like the Husker power you're familiar with before kickoff, before the tunnel walk. You're going to have an outcry of more room in the stands.
0: And I, I'm going to go see This is just some some, uh, some some things that's been on my mind So I'm going to go see Spider-Man tonight uh-huh. And of course I'm going to go sit in the dream loungers Where I get my own big space I get to put the feet up you I get buy a comfortable beer. leather, I can buy a beer M- Make that my game day experience It makes me more likely to go see a movie especially You, want, on a $5 you, want, you want a
4: dream lounger in the stadium?
0: Oh yeah oh, You yeah. want the dream
4: lounger section?
0: Yeah, put it, like, right on the field. Let me sit in my, lo- or sit in my, my big
4: recliner. Let oh, you know when you hit that lottery number. I-, I can take a nap if the game gets bad. <laughs> Could be. Hopefully not. Mitch Sherman on the way, hour two. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity Back into a tale, of varsity city radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We welcome in Mitch Sherman from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, as we chat, man, you got everybody loaded up and bundled up and uh, a little roadie for you this holiday season. Good for you, man. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, getting out of town for a couple days. days. Uh, hopefully there's no giant news. If there is, uh, I'm sure it'll still be there when I get back.
4: Uh, Mitch Sherman is like, just just put things on hold. I love it. I love it. We'll, uh, we'll dive in uh, when it comes to your story. And I love uh, the work you do and covering Nebraska football. And you had a chance to get caught up with Coach Osborne. Uh, and this is in kind of reference to the Athletics' list of greatest bowl games. And uh, you had a chance to revisit the 84 Orange Bowl a little bit with uh, – well, probably the greatest.
1: Yeah, so we ran a list of the of uh, the 50 greatest bowl games on Monday that kicked off our series this week on tales from the bowl seasons of, of past. So we've, we've uh, made an attempt to have a little bit of fun with stories that people may not have heard behind the scenes, um, you know, different takes, uh, different experiences from from bowl seasons of, of past decades. And there's no shortage in Nebraska of, interesting tales. Uh, I-, I chose to, uh, to dive into December of 1983, and it, of course that 84 Orange Bowl on January 2nd that year is one of the most famous games in Nebraska football history, maybe the most famous moment in Nebraska football history at the end with the two-point conversion call that Osborne made, and it just had such huge ramifications for years and years that followed, and you know, I think it, it set up Nebraska to eventually win the championships that it did a decade later, in, in Cap Osborne's career with, with three and four years. Um, but going back to that game, and you know what? What one of the elements that made it so interesting is that Lincoln was was in an absolute deep freeze uh, in December of, of 1983. And you know, I like these kind of stories that can that can look at this at, at this stuff. And uh, the the, uh, the average temperature in Lincoln that month was 8.1 degrees. It, it got down to minus 27 on the day before nebraska was was approved early to leave for miami uh osborne appealed to the chancellor martin massingale to uh to get the plane out of town two days early they were supposed to leave on on christmas because they had been outside for all of one hour in the month of december there was no cook pavilion at this time And, and this game this experience is, is, is what led to the construction of Cook Pavilion some mm. three years later. But um, you know, so much history. Um, you know, fun to talk to uh, to Coach Osborne and, and get caught up with Jim Scow, who lives in Florida, was a longtime NFL player as a defensive lineman for Nebraska on, on those teams. I, I chatted a little bit with Turner Gill and and some other people. Uh, you know, who, who, who remember that time uh, better than me. I was uh, I was young. Remember the game. Don't remember anything about that cold. Uh, month of
4: December, though. I'm with you uh, as far as remember it just always being, you know, it's wintertime, it's Christmas, it's cold, and, you know, every every January, Nebraska's in the Orange Bowl. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of my childhood. Once in a while, maybe a Sugar Bowl or maybe a Fiesta Bowl, but I remember my yeah. dad um, coming down on New Year's Day that morning because we had a, a VHS... Like, just, it was a, just, you know, the old console TVs, Mitch, right? Well, the the, the first run of VCRs were giant as well. And I remember we my had dad. had beta,
1: so. Uh, okay.
4: We had beta, and the beta, then we had two. We had a beta
1: max. Yeah, you go to a pause video and pick up uh, you know, <laughs> a limited selection. But,
5: uh, it was, yeah.
4: But, but, I remember dad coming down that morning. He was all excited for the, you know, Nebraska's going to win it, and. I, there's still tapes. I think in my mom's basement of the '83 season. He was all over it, yeah. And, and yeah, I yeah. yeah. The, the, um,
1: you know, the '83 season, the regular season ended as usual on Black Friday. Uh, it was in Norman. The game was the Oklahoma game was in Norman that year. And, you know, and for a story I wrote um, a, a few months ago, when Nebraska played Oklahoma, and Jason Kersey and I did the series on on the Nebraska Oklahoma history. Um, I wrote about Lyle Bremser, and uh, that was his last game as as the play-by-play voice for, for uh, Nebraska on on KFAB. And uh, in, in talking to Kent Pavelka about that experience, um, you know, he had he knew that that he was going to get the job uh, and, and replace Bremser, um, and thought that he may never live to see that day because the plane ride home from Norman that night. They ran into an ice storm. Uh, it was raining in Norman, and they got over over uh, Central Kansas um, on their private plane and uh, their little prop that they uh, that the radio station chartered. And uh, Kent thought that was the end, and they <laughs> obviously made it home. So that ice storm uh, it dumped dumped an inch and a half of, of pure ice on Memorial Stadium, and then seven inches of snow on top of that. And, and it's the storm that triggered that that. That deep freeze that lasted really into January um, uh, of that winter. Um, Osborne told me that they they uh, they tried to melt the ice on the field um, that the sun got the north part of the field enough loose that the grounds crew was able to, to scrape the ice off the fifty yards on the north side but the south side was 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 hard freeze so they poured hot water on the uh, um, on the ice on the south side of the field, um, bad idea when it's like two degrees outside because the, the hot water uh, also turned to ice. Yes. so there there was no uh, there was no full length practice uh, that entire month in Lincoln.
4: Mitch Sherman's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Mitch Sherman, of course, with the Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter, recounting the '84 Orange Bowl. Is is that game? When you talk to Coach Osborne about it, does it still stick in his craw, or is he mm. is he still, or, or is it different as time's gone on? He's still proud of of the the Gopher two. He's still proud of that team yeah. Uh, yeah. because he would, he's. I mean they they were so good. They're still memorable yeah. almost forty years later.
1: Yeah, it's still in the conversation. Every time you talk about the greatest all time Nebraska team, that one that teams, that one is in the conversation because of that offense. The scoring explosion, 52 points per game, that, 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 was, uh, that was outdone by the 95 team. But the rushing total, uh, 401.7, remains the school record at Nebraska. Um, and uh, it, was, it was incredible uh, with, with Mike Rozier and Turner Gill and you know, Irving Fryer. Uh, the wingback was the, was the number one pick in the NFL draft the, the next spring. So, it, yeah, I, I think he um, – Osborne, you know, he recognizes the importance of, of that game in Nebraska history and, and, and you know, the, understands the context, of course, that you know, if that hadn't happened that way, um, you know, everything else could have unfolded differently over the 13 or 14 years that followed. You know, Nebraska may not have had some of the same resolve to change up its full preparations, in, in the later 80s. Um, maybe there wouldn't have been the urgency to build an indoor facility. Um, you know, the 90s may not unfold in the same way. Mm. if Nebraska ties Miami in that game or or even if it beats Miami and wins that game. You know, who knows? Things may have been better for Nebraska in the 80s or it could have been totally different um, if that two-point conversion had, had had a different outcome.
4: You want to get back in the DeLorean. You would uh, ask Nebraska fans, hey, keep the Miami dynasty from being born. Mitch, would yeah. you jump in the passenger seat?
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. You know, there's so many alternative versions of history that, that could have unfolded if that game had gone differently, and that's, that's for certain one of them because that was Miami's first championship, and, and Howard Schnellenberger moved on shortly after that, but uh, the parade of great quarterbacks was just getting started. Bernie Kosar was a freshman, a redshirt freshman on that team. He threw for 300 yards, and he exposed a Nebraska defense that had some holes in the secondary um, to begin with, but then was ill-prepared for that game because it just didn't get the opportunity to go against the passing attack mm. at any point in, in practice leading up to it. Not because Nebraska couldn't throw the ball um, as a scout team, but because there was nowhere to throw it. There was You couldn't do that mm. in the Schulte Fieldhouse, which was 20 yards wide by, by 50 yards. Um, when they got to Miami, you know, it was it was 80-some degrees. Um, you know, the players, still, a lot of them that came down with, with – uh, with allergies and sickness as was common, um, when the Huskers would go to Miami and and get into that, that warm air, but it was worse that year because it had been so cold and and, and frozen in Lincoln. Um, and just adjusting to the humidity from with, with what they had been through for the past month was, was difficult. So Nebraska was off its game for sure on both sides of the ball, um, that night on January 2nd at the orange bowl, but, um, especially on the defensive side going against a, a, a quarterback like Bernie Kosar, um, it uh you know it was a sign of things to come for sure for for the hurricanes because they had great ones um who followed him um for a long long time
4: mitch gonna switch gears sp- sticking with the quarterback mitch sherman with us hail varsity radio uh do you have a feel timeline wise here with a couple of question marks uh, nebraska and the portal quarterback we we've talked uh, every tuesday for a lot of years and the last few Tuesdays, it's been, hey, what's happening at quarterback? And we're still kind of waiting. I know uh, Brennan's staying with LSU. There's been some different movement uh, next to Oregon. Uh, what's your uh, what's your Slovis rating right now? Hot, cold, warm? Do you think that's something? Uh, I know Notre Dame uh, is is a place that reached out to him immediately for Slovis on on a podcast, but. You know, I think there's uh, there's there's a lot of Arizona-slash-Scottsdale connections with Coach Whipple, yeah. uh, also uh, Chubba Purdy because right. of, of his background and, and Whipple, and we'll see if Pitt's still a fit for Purdy because, I mean, he was looking at Pitt just because of Whipple. So it's an interesting dynamic now, Mitch, with Nebraska in their quarterback spot.
1: Yeah, it, it is. Um, yeah, I would say those Arizona connections for Whipple – are key if Nebraska is going to have a chance with Purdy, the the, the, the Florida State transfer who's the brother of Brock Purdy, Iowa State's four year starter, um, or with Slovis, the USC uh, transfer. You know those guys are going to have a lot of options, especially Slovis because um, of his accomplishments. Um, you know he has injury concerns, um, as do some of the other guys in the portal. You know I would say um, keep an eye on Casey Thompson. Um, who's leaving Texas uh, with with uh, Sark bringing in Quinn Ewers, the, mm-hmm. the Ohio State five star transfer who you know should be still be a senior in high school, but has spent a semester in, in Columbus. Um, he's going to Texas. So Casey Thompson, who started the majority of the season for for the Longhorns, is on the move. And you know I wouldn't get caught up too much in in Texas's struggles. Um, Thompson had an injury. Uh, after the Oklahoma game, he threw five touchdowns without an interception against Oklahoma um, after guiding uh, Texas to three consecutive wins when he took over the starting job early in the season. So, uh, you know, there were definitely ups and and then some downs for Thompson as that season went along. But I keep an eye on him. And, you know, and and there are going to be more dominoes this fall because these quarterbacks are going to go places. uh, And potentially you'll see quarterbacks at the schools that they land at um, choose to leave. Uh, after the first of the year. I know Nebraska would like to get a quarterback in the mix to start school that first week of January, be able to go through spring practice in, uh, in March and in early April. But, uh, you know, you, you, it's more important to find the right fit. And, you know, if it's a guy who can't come uh, until the end of the spring semester, you know, well, that's a setback for his progress and his ability to compete with Logan Smothers and Heiner Carberg and, and Richie Torres uh, in the spring. Um, you know, it, it, you, you still take it if it's the right fit and, and, you, and, you, and you get that guy acclimated over the summer and then, and then give him an opportunity in August to win the job.
4: Mitch, what, what do you think of the quarterback room and um, Coach Whipple? I mean, you've got Harburg, who's got all the measurables. You have Torres, that's a guy that's been under the radar. But, man, he looks big and, and talented. And then, of course, Smothers just feels kind of like a gamer uh, he had a, a good showing against Iowa. Do you think the excitement's pretty mutual between the quarterback room and the new OC?
1: Well, the cupboard's not there, and, and Scott Frost has said that if Nebraska goes into next season with the guys that it's got on the roster, he'll be okay with that. I, mean, I Clearly, they want to add someone for, for the, the purpose of experience and depth and just numbers. Um, Torres. I don't think you can expect him in his true freshman season to be a guy who's, who's counted upon um, coming off of a knee injury and, and, and coming out of high school, much like, much like Harburg uh, in this 2021 season. Um, Harburg is, is, is still probably uh, has a little bit of time of development needed before, before he's a guy that you can count on. Um, perhaps it could happen in, in 2022, um, but I don't know that Nebraska wants to be in that position. Um, Smothers is a different story. Um, you know, he's proven that, that that he can he can play. Um, you know, probably the least of the three, who from a physical standpoint, just what, what he does with his arm, best fits what we've seen from Mark Whipple in, in, in his uh, you know in his quarterback teachings. Uh, but 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 he does have some things there, and his athletic ability is definitely in line with what with what Scott Frost likes to do with his offense. So. Uh, the big thing with with Smothers is that we know he's a winner. Um we know we know he can play and perform under pressure. Um, I don't think it should be overlooked the work that he did in those first three quarters against Iowa in the season finale. Um, the fourth quarter went badly for the entire team, and he was definitely a part of that. He didn't start it, but, you know, as a quarterback, you you've got to be the guy who puts an end to those struggles. Um, a lot to ask of a guy in his in his first start, um his first extended playing time to do it out there in that. In that situation, against a good defense uh, in the Big Ten, uh, but you know, I know that that Logan would take it does take responsibility for that. Um, don't overlook though that, like I said, those first three quarters he, he was he was very good, very sound, and um, in, in, uh, in giving Nebraska a chance to win through the first forty five minutes of that game. And I think it should be taken into account when the Huskers consider what they have going into the spring with the guys who are already on campus.
4: Mitch, we'll do this again, bud. Uh, get caught up uh, after the new year. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, best wishes. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and your family.
1: Thanks, Chris. All the same to you.
6: Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine. Our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at varsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's varsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR.
3: And now And now back to Hail Varsity Radio.
4: Back into it. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to uh, our friend uh, Rick Kaczynski. It's Tuesdays with Kaz, coach of Nebraska and Iowa. And I love talking ball with him. Kaz, you got all your, your holiday shopping handled?
7: Yeah, brother, you know, uh, well, Merry Christmas to you. I appreciate you having me on. You know, Schmidt Rock, I not a whole lot, you know, not a whole lot I haven't done online, to be honest with you. So, you know, most of, uh, most of Amazon and my wife's got a, uh, she's got a Gladiator Jeep, so I've been spent a lot of money on uh jeep parts that we'll never use but man they look cool they look cool we look there's no way in hell i'd ever let her take it off road but let me tell you if we ever (laughs) if we if we ever got off the road let me tell you it'd be easy getting out so yeah we got we got a ten pound winch uh you know all kind of all kind of stuff so that's that's her hot rod but uh yeah but yeah it's. I don't think it's been in a in a puddle, let alone <laughs> off road.
4: It's kind of like Ferris Bueller's uh, buddy Cameron's <laughs> Ferrari, just kind of sits yeah. and people that's stare at it man. in awe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, crazy. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, I got uh, the family's holiday shopping done, and we'll uh, we'll we'll hammer through this and bunch of bowl games. Uh, on the horizon here, I want to start with some Nebraska stuff, and then we'll kind of zoom out. Are you surprised there's not been an announcement yet uh, of that fourth full-time coach? And you're kind of up for a decision between a full-time running backs coach and, of course, special teams coordinator.
7: Well, yeah, I'm. I'm sure they they have a pretty good idea what they're doing. um Yeah, I think. When uh you know, the rhetoric always changes, the the goalposts always move and, and that's just it's you know, college football when you're dealing with hirings and firings, it's it's um, it's extremely fluid. But I think probably you know, probably a big part of it was um you know, probably a big part of it is You know, you got a list of guys and, and, you know, some guys they're, you know, they're afraid. I mean, I I got into it. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to lose a job until you, until you have another one. Sure. So, you know, and sometimes head coaches, you know, they, you know, they're, they're going to sit there and tell you, I sat in the staff room one time. It was funny. I mean, I literally, it was a place I did not want to go. There's no way in hell I wanted to go. Um, uh, you know, I was trying to get a raise and, and the head coach was sitting at the front and said, the next guy that comes to me about a job and wants a raise, you better take it. Was, <laughs> said, so, uh, you know, sometimes that's how it goes, but, but I think now it's so, it's so different maybe because the early signing date, the way the season ends, the, the amount of contact that you have, it's just, it's just really, really difficult, um, to get those interviews in you a, a lot of assistant coaches you know a lot of things didn't happen until after the bowl games sure. uh you know i i you know there was never any contact until really nebraska and that was that was after the regular season and i mean i didn't i didn't i didn't join nebraska staff until uh in until the bowl game i mean literally it was about 2 days before the bowl game and that was to be honest, that was kind of, that was kind of rare, but it was getting so much media attention. And then when Kirk and I talked and, you know, was I staying going and and then when I decided to stay, I mean, I wasn't going to coach the bowl game at Mm -hmm. Iowa and then go to Nebraska. Yeah. Just so, you know, it just made sense to go, but that was kind of, but you know, prior to that, I mean, it, it just, you're, you know, there was never any interviews or contacts until after, until after bowl season, Um, You know, a lot of that stuff took uh, took place at the conventions. But it's just it's just so sped up now. And um, gosh, man, it's just even when you have time, you don't know if you're making the right decision or Mm -hmm. if it's a good fit. You know, you got to have some luck to it um so um you know you just you just you just never know but yeah i think that fourth position i think what you had to do was was get those critical positions Mm -hmm. and i and i and i know everybody wants a special teams coordinator or this and that but i think the 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 needs that they addressed, they got their critical stuff done. So, so I think you got a little bit of time and I think, you know, you can sell that to the fan base. I think what was more important, obviously when you get a, when you got an opportunity to get a guy like Mickey Joseph mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, getting, getting the line coach and the coordinator was was ex- was extremely important. So, so I think, you know, now you sit back, you look at the staff, you look what you got, uh, you know, you analyze what you got and say, okay, what's the West, what's the best way to go about doing this? Uh, yeah, I, I know several people that don't have special teams coordinators and I know people that do have special teams coordinators in name only, you know, it's kind of like an assistant head coach. I mean, you know, I, I, you have assistant, you you have head uh, or you have coordinators, special teams coordinators, but every position coach is responsible for uh uh, for a specific unit so it, it's you know it's like i said it's fluid and it's all relative it's all let, uh you know up to interpretation but I, I i wouldn't get too uh too worried about this next position i think they they attacked what they needed i think they got some good names they got some experience and i really think that that's what they needed um i know the low you know rayola doesn't have the experience, but that, that, you know, on paper, Mm -hmm. but that's all BS. You know, I didn't have experience as a D line coach, um, you know, back in 2006 either. So, you know, but, uh, um, you know, when you got good players and you're surrounded by good coaches and you preach toughness and discipline and, and effort, you'd be amazed what you get. So and I think that's what Rayo is going to bring, you know, just kind of uh, that that. T- and it has I'm not and I'm not saying the last the last guys weren't mm-hmm. not saying that at all. Um, but, uh, you know, hearing a different voice and getting a different message. Um I, I you know could be could be healthy for for that unit and then obviously you got an elder statesman in the room now on the offensive side of the ball and i think that's critical because you you know i think you got a guy in there that's not afraid to tell coach frost to go to hell or tell him you're crazy and if you want to run that then put your name on it you know what's this guy got to lose you know he'll just go so so i think you need that and i think you got that right Mm -hmm. and uh you know what you can't do is just be throwing the ball up you know 55 times a game in the big 10 any that ain't gonna work so uh so i think if you you understand that hey you take your shots that in this conference the passing game is set up with the run and play action and those type of things and once you get into mid-october and november you're not going to be able to throw the ball over the field uh in the big 10 i think i think that's just what you know okay this is this is what we are this is our identity um you know, you can't be a a pass happy team. You look at the, let's, let's look at the teams that have had success in the conference that look like us. What do they do? They run the damn football. Mm -hmm. They run the damn football first and then they take the shots and then they loosen you up and then they run the football some more and they keep the ball out of the other opponent's hands. So I, I think, I think you got some guys that, you know, will be able to recognize even though, hey, they may have not done that at the last place they've been at, but now this is the Big Ten, and this is how we're going to be successful. This is how we're going to be ga- win games, and this is what we need to do. This is how we need to adapt that the personnel that we have here, right? And this is how we're going to incorporate, Coach Frost, what you've already done, um but this is how we're gonna tweak it. So so I, I think I, I think you got those pressing needs. I I really like the maturity of the guys you got and uh so uh, yeah, I'm I'll be excited to you know to see it uh see it unfold here next fall.
4: Rick is with us a Tuesday with Kaz, Hailvar City Radio. Kaz the, the portal quarterback, you've got names entering and uh names moving. I don't have official announcement, but there's been some linkage between Slovis and maybe Notre Dame. I know Nebraska was interested in Slovis, the SC quarterback. But let's talk timeline there real quick. And is it uh, it horrible if it is even after spring? Or if you were attacking this thing, would you want your guy now if you know you had your guy well, you're projecting anyway, or would you just be patient because it, there could be another two or three waves or rounds of, of portal quarterback, uh, transfers?
7: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just with, with the way it is these days, I mean, you have no idea. You could, you could have a, a great quarterback come up after, after spring ball. You just don't know. You yeah. know, there might be some battles brewing at some power five schools where, all of a sudden, you know, guy gets beat out, um, you know, guy gets beat out in in the spring and he's looking for a new place or he just, you know, that, that's, that's the problem with the portal right now is just, there's just absolutely, there's no consequences for, for transferring, you know, there's no, um, you know, there's, there's no parameters around, uh, around these transfer rules. And, 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 and I just don't think it's good for the game. I mean, you may, you may benefit, Mm -hmm. um, a little bit, but, um, you know, you you still don't forget, you got a quarterback on campus. um, So, you know, you got, you got that. And I I think, I think people need to, uh, I think people got to, people got to look at that too. You know, what, you know, what, what what are we doing? What, what do you have on campus right now? Because it's everybody's talking about what you don't have and what you're trying to get. And I think the most important thing that, that you should do is, you know, how about you look at what you have first, all right? Then, then how do you how do you complement that? So, um, man, I, gosh, I mean, and who knows? I mean, you look at Spencer Rattler. It's just a a very unique position. A lot of it has to do with who you're surrounded with. Um, you know, obviously it's a huge mental game. But I mean, last year, what school in the country wouldn't take Spencer Rattler, right? I mean, this guy's a Heisman hopeful and gets beat out by a true freshman. Um, I mean, who would have who would have who would have hedged that bet, right? So, so you just you just never know how a guy's going to develop, how a guy's going to jump, or you know how he's going to fit into a system. Um, obviously, it's an extremely important extremely important position, but you know I would concentrate on the guys you have on campus right now. It's it's like everything else. Every everybody thinks there's somebody better out there. There's a better job there's a better looking girl. There's a better, this, there's a better, this, you know, the grass isn't always greener. And, um, you know, unless guys are transferring, uh, let me tell you, uh, yeah, you know, I've been watching these playoff games. Uh, there's that kid from incarnate word. Yeah. I mean, that dude was a, I mean, you know, there there's quarterbacks everywhere. I mean, when I was, when I was in the big 10 and we didn't play as many Mac teams, we didn't play the Mac teams like we did at, at, at Nebraska, like we did at Iowa. But let me tell you, I never played against a bad um, Matt quarterback when we were at Iowa. I mean, they scared the hell out of us. So, you know, there is good quarterbacks everywhere. So uh, I wouldn't be quite as concerned about getting somebody with a name that somebody knows. You can't you can't worry about the press conference. You can't worry about all that stuff. What's because you know what? You know, come come the fall. You know, nobody cares about your recruiting rankings. You know, nobody cares about, you know, this guy was a four star or five star. This guy is a quarterback that came over.
4: and enter in the promo code GBR for ten dollars off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR.
3: And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio.
4: Back to you, Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A few more minutes with Rick Kaczynski on Hail Varsity.
7: I think Nebraska, and has not, not nothing against the kid, but I think I, I remember, you know, there was a lot of people talking about. There was a lot of people talking about this player that came from Ohio State that was a five star something. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure he got on the field for it. he he left Ohio State, came to Nebraska, and I don't think he's played at all, so you know it doesn't matter where you came from. it doesn't matter what you did before. it matters once you get once you get to campus and I think that that's the important thing, and that's the coach's job to identify their needs. And you know, see this guy and say, okay, this, this is how this this guy can fit into our into our puzzle. So don't get hung up on names or where these guys came from or stars or any of that BS. Um, you know, get what you get. You know, you, you know, keep the kids on campus because that's the most important thing right now is recruit the kids, keep the kids that are there, and uh, you know, develop those guys.
4: Rick Kaczynski is with us. Hail Barn City Radio. This time of year, Kaz, you can turn on about any channel and uh, find Christmas Vacation or uh, a Christmas Story, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But make the case for me, and, and you get the Die Hard conversation, is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? But make the case for me about Goodfellas. I know it's, uh, it's a tradition like uh, none other at, at the Kaz household. You, you watch Goodfellas, one of my favorite movies. <laughs> For sure. I, I love good fellas. I interviewed him Henry Hill back in O four when he was living out in North Platte, uh, Nebraska.
7: Yeah, this yeah, not too yeah, not a not many, the uh, not a good four oh one K plan or uh, pension plan for uh, for those guys for that profession. No, Henry, but, uh, Henry
4: Henry got hit in another drug sting before he passed, <laughs> shockingly <laughs> enough.
7: Yeah it's got kind of, it's kind of like it's kind of like coaching in football you just can't you can't get away from it right no matter how hard you try you just you just constantly
1: mm-hmm.
7: you constantly you constantly pulled back in but uh yeah, good christmas scene you know did christmas frankie frankie carbone didn't have the christmas he anticipated but uh um
4: uh, the meat locker yeah yeah
7: yeah, yeah, yeah you know? Well, yeah. You know, even though he put the he put it in his mother's mother-in-law's name, you know, you get you got to be smarter than that.
4: Uh, would you have uh, ever? Would you have ever gone that flamboyant with a pink caddy? That big? was it—a Lincoln or a caddy? The pink Lincoln. It was a caddy. Okay, a, a, caddy. Pink caddy. a pink pink caddy. It a, it a
7: yeah, it? was a caddy. It was a, it was a. It was a pink caddy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd have gone pink, but. Yeah, I would have. Uh, I, I would. You would have known I was coming. That's for sure. <laughs> so yeah, you you would have, have, yeah. yeah, you would have
4: ticked off De Niro in the Christmas party because you would have showed I, up with a fur.
7: Yeah, I wouldn't have lasted long. I'd have had the, the pinky ring. You name it. Oh yeah, yeah. Hair slick.
4: How about the, how about the big white Christmas tree? Would you have bought the most expensive tree for Karen?
7: No, absolutely not. Maybe maybe Janet Ro- Janet Rossi would have had a better tree than Karen. That's
5: for sure. But, uh,
7: <laughs> Yeah. I just like those bars. I, I just, you know, obviously that air, the music in the background. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, it just those bar, you know, those places aren't, you know, nowadays, everything's so commercialized. You just, it's funny. One of my buddies was talking and he's from, um, he's from Boulder. He played at Notre Dame, lives up in Madison. Now his name's Dave Quist. And he goes, you know, what I love about here. He goes, he goes, you, you live in a town where bars are still named after guys. He's just like, you don't have that anymore. He's like, You know, it's like, it's, you know, they're named after guys. I was like, yeah, I said, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. You know, there's, there's norms. There's, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's one we laugh about called the high and dry cafe. It's right by the Catholic, uh, it's right by the Catholic cemetery where my grandparents are, my grandparents are buried. Mm -hmm. So it's funny, the high and dry, that's the hot, hot pepper home of the hot pepper steak burger there. So, uh, yeah i just uh you know obviously it's 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 glamorized and all that stuff and uh but yeah i just kind of i kind of like those scenes and all that all that stuff those uh those bars they're they're kind of they're kind of dying but it's uh comes from an era that uh was probably been a great area to come up and obviously it was never a great area era to be uh, a <laughs> Be a mobster, no. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, if I, yeah, if I was, I would have lasted about six weeks. Yeah, because I would have had gold, gold chains, pinky rings. Yeah,
4: facial. Would you, the, uh, would you have gone facial hair. hair? Would you have? Would you have tried nah, to? Nah, no, 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 no.
7: Still, still, still Catholic. Still Catholic short hair, short hair, shaved. I'm okay, still Catholic, you know. Yeah, and just like I, you know, just get off guys, and you still go to church on Sunday, and get communion, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just. So well, there, it's, what you, it's just what you do. It's just that, part of It's just business. It's just business. Right.
4: <laughs> Good fellas. Uh, it, it is a Christmas uh, movie to check out. Sort of kind of some Christmas scenes in there. favorite character hey, get, in that flick. Is it Pesci? Is it De Niro? Is it, is it Ray Liotta? Ah, uh,
7: yeah, I, I think Ray Liotta at, at times, you know, okay. I, I like the, I, I like the young, I like the young Ray Liotta. You know, uh-huh. He's obviously pretty cool. I like Ray Liotta as a as a as an actor Mm -hmm. but uh you know jimmy conway too you know you read about him and yeah that dude was a stud in real life you know he he come up hard at least he had some at least he had some excuses for 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 why he was the way he was you know he he was a came up in foster homes and stuff but uh yeah but yeah there's some other good ones yeah i I like uh you know there's kill the irishman you got to check that denny Danny Green, that's okay. a great one. Uh, 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 yeah, the, you know, my, my grandparents were heavily involved in unions and, um, you know, worked at the auto manufacturers and General Electric and shipyards, so uh, some cool stuff. And, uh, you yeah, on the waterfront, I mean, that's a great one. Um, but, yeah, Kill the Irishman, Ray Ferrito was the uh, Ray Farido was the uh, mobster that took uh, Danny green out finally mm-hmm. they couldn't kill him i mean they, they couldn't they couldn't kill the guy and uh farido was a guy that taught my dad how to play handball and wow handball growing up so yeah pretty neat man you know pretty neat stuff but uh you know but uh yeah stuff you know small world but yeah there's some good good ones you know it's just like i said it's all romanticized and glamorized i, I know that's that's not the life mm-hmm. um you know these got those guys walked around with no money and you know screwed their families up and spent time in the pen but uh yeah the movies the movies are cool but uh denny green you'd like that one you gotta yeah, check that kill, out over kill, break yeah it's called kill kill the irishman kill the irishman You'd you'd love that you'd love it
4: Rick Kaczynski with us filmed in Cleveland really okay
7: yeah Cleveland 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 mob guys yeah
4: I will uh check that out guys Merry Christmas happy holidays best to you and your fam and we'll get caught up in the new year bud
7: hey Merry Christmas to you guys and uh, give a shout out to John Cook and volleyball team and uh looking forward to some Husker, uh, Husker wrestling. So a big fan of Husker wrestling. Mark Manning's awesome, man. That's my guy. Dude's unbelievable. One of the best, uh, best and craziest human beings i've ever met in my life he, he was he was my he was my shrink uh a couple times when when we were in lincoln he'd come sit in my office and we just stare at each other and shake heads and uh but yeah yeah he's the best he's done a, he's done a hell of a job there and I, oh matter of fact for me there's a kid from my high school that they got state champion wrestler okay uh, from, from cathedral prep committed to nebraska so getting pennsylvania man great wrestling state great wrestling state so beat out beat out some top schools man on that kid so i'm fired i'm fired up fired up for, give me a reason to follow nebraska's uh, wrestling mm-hmm.
4: even more
6: guys we'll talk bud
7: all right my man thanks for having me on merry christmas
6: like what you hear high quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at hail varsity i'm brandon Vogel, managing editor i wanted to offer listeners of the hail varsity radio show podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription that means that you for less than twenty dollars can get everything we do ten issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr
3: miss us
0: come here brother give me a hug we're in for the real thing
6: we're on call for you
3: catch the podcast at hail the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes Saddle up, partner.
4: back to hail varsity radio so we're both you know not super shocked that you're still kind of a waiting game for the quarterback portal option for Nebraska and we go back to Coach Whip's take last week that they're always looking but you've seen some names that have been on Nebraska's radar first Brennan now Slovis and we just don't know Elijah just how deep the conversations went other than, you know, Coach Joseph uh, was was talking with Brennan. There's familiarity obviously with L S U. With Slovis, the, the connection's probably Arizona slash Scottsdale from from where Whipple's from. Right. That's where Slovis came out of. And and right now he's going to Pitt. And, you know, Pitts Pitt's an eleven win football team. Good on them. But they don't have their <laughs> their OCs here in Lincoln. So, and, and early in the week, I, I you know a couple of times during the show I mentioned Notre Dame and Slovis. I mean, that's where he kind of mentioned earlier in the week on a podcast. Yeah, he, and then, he,
0: he seemed to put the cookie trail down himself,
4: right? And then Pitt, bang out of nowhere, is like, uh, here we go. And then you got it. You finally got it confirmed by Pitt that yeah, we got Slovis here. Good quarterback. I mean, a lot of a lot of experience. He just got dinged and then had some confidence issues. I'll be surprised here if. Nebraska. I mean, they'll they'll keep a keep your ears and eyes open for Purdy from Florida State. I know that doesn't solve the experience problem, problem as far as you know college play, but you had Whipple kind of shopping around pre-Nebraska with Purdy at uh, in home. Uh, Casey Thompson, also a guy that did well and Mitch kinda touched on him. That's Charles Thompson's son, the old option quarterback for OU, great player, that that Nebraska uh beat uh in, in Switzer's last game, his his dad. So I'm uh I'm just patient with this. I like I want to see Whipple I want to see Whipple with Harburg. I want to see Whipple with Torres. I want to see Whipple with Logan. I'm not saying don't go get a portal guy. No, not at all. But maybe you've got, again, back to the, uh, the the food take, maybe you got some good groceries in the cupboard. Well, my my problem with these names that we're hearing now
0: that some of the top quarterbacks are off the bar- board is that they couldn't start at their old places, and I don't think any of them are better than what Nebraska had in Martinez. And, and we saw that Martinez wasn't getting the job done. And if the quarterbacks behind Martinez aren't better than Martinez and these quarterbacks aren't good enough to go start elsewhere, are you getting an upgrade on Martinez? I mean, and, and fans were angry with the play of Adrian Martinez at times last year, especially during crunch time. So are, are you getting anybody better than that? Right now, whenever I hear these names, when I hear uh, Purdy, whenever I hear uh, the kid from Texas, whatever his name is,
4: Casey Rogers, yeah,
0: whenever I hear that name, whenever I hear just list any name that's available right now, I go, I don't think that guy's better than Martinez from what I've seen.
4: I'm interested to see what Adrian does, actually, down at K-State. Do they run him more? Do they keep his pitch count around 20 passes? Does he survive the running aspect of what K-State's offense is now? Big 12's way less physical than the Big 10. It's getting no line in the run game rocking. Tomorrow, we're uh, fired up. Bill Dolman will be with us since we're off Friday. Uh, Shuey, hopefully from Wilderness, and of course, Mike Babcock. Talk to you at four on Hale Varsity.
2: A Huda Media Production.